Let's hear together God's holy and infallible word. You see the chapter and verse. I'm just going to read them straight through. For lack of guidance, a nation falls, but many advisors make victory sure. The plans of the righteous are just. Do not those who plot evil go astray, but those who plan what is good, they find love and faithfulness. Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. To man belong the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the reply of the tongue. All a man's ways seem innocent to him, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. In his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. The lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Make plans by seeking advice. If you wage war, obtain guidance. And this verse, all these other verses are from the NIV. I'm taking the King James translation of this one, and you'll see why later in the sermon. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. That's God's word for us this morning. So to most reasonably intelligent people, which is most of us, I think, planning to plan well in life is obvious that that's important to plan in life. Someone once said, plan ahead. It was not raining when Noah built the ark. But yet, not everyone does plan in life. When people are attending high school or college, they're not always looking ahead to the future. And and sometimes people can just waste those years. People don't always plan well financially and they can get saddled with mortgage payments and other monthly bills that they just cannot keep up with. And it's hard because we don't really know what the future will hold. The inventor of the cathode ray tube, that's eventually what was used in TV sets for many decades, the traditional TVs. The inventor of the cathode ray Ray Tube said in 1926, theoretically, television may be feasible, but I consider it an impossibility, a development which we should waste little time dreaming about. The chairman of the board of IBM said in 1943, I think there's a world market for about five computers. And a record company expert said in 1962, we don't believe the Beatles are going to do anything in their market. Guitar groups are on the way out. Certainly no one can predict the future, but with God's word and with his guidelines, we can confidently look ahead to the future and plan well for it. Proverbs, in talking about the wise person, often talks about the foolish person. 
And one of his big characteristics is that he does not plan ahead. Or if he does plan, he plans very poorly. Speaking of poor planning, I want you to listen to this employee report. And I'm not entirely sure if it's true. I hope it's not totally true. Here's the report. Here's the writer. In the accident report form, I put poor planning as the cause of my accident. You said, and he's conceivably speaking to his employer, you said in your letter, or in the insurance company, you said in your letter I should explain more fully the poor planning, and I trust that the following details will suffice. I'm a bricklayer by trade. On the day of the accident, I was working alone on the roof of a new six-story building. When I completed my work, I discovered that I had 500 pounds of brick left over. Rather than carry the bricks down by hand, I decided to lower them in a barrel by using a pulley, which fortunately was attached to the side of the building at the sixth floor. Securing the rope at ground level, I went up to the roof, swung the barrel out, and loaded the bricks into it. Then I went back to the ground and untied the rope, holding it tightly to ensure a slow descent of the 500 pounds of brick. You will note in the accident reporting form that I weigh 135 pounds. Due to my surprise of being pulled off the ground so suddenly, I lost the presence of my presence of mind and I forgot to let go of the rope. Needless to say, I proceeded at a rather rapid rate up the side of the building. In the vicinity of the third floor, I met the barrel coming down. This explains the fractured skull and broken collarbone. Slowed only slightly, I continued my rapid ascent, not stopping until the fingers of my right hand were two knuckles deep into the pulley. Fortunately, by this time, I had regained my presence of mind and was able to hold tightly to the rope in spite of the pain. At approximately the same time, the barrel of bricks hit the ground and the bottom fell out of the barrel. Devoid of the weight of the bricks, the barrel now weighed about 50 pounds. I refer you now back to my weight in box number 11. As you might imagine, I began a rapid descent down the side of the building. In the vicinity of the third floor, I met the barrel coming up. This accounts for the two fractured ankles, the lacerations on my legs and lower body. The encounter with the barrel slowed me enough to lessen my injuries when I fell on the pile of bricks, and fortunately only three vertebrae were cracked. I am sorry to report, however, that as I lay there on the bricks in pain, unable to stand, and watching the empty barrel six stories above me, I again lost my presence of mind, and I let go of the rope. Needless to say, poor planning can have devastating results. Physically, with this poor guy. Emotionally, this poor guy. Spiritually, we don't want to be a fool. And Proverbs describes the fool as one who plans poorly or not at all. The fool is pictured as sort of a guy or a woman who bumbles around aimlessly through life because of poor choices, failing to think ahead. And that's certainly not how the believer lives. Proverbs gives us the key to wise planning. And I think we can discern five steps. And these 
steps, I believe, can apply to your relationships, to your career, to project planning, to buying a car, most anything. First of all, we're going to go right through the five steps, okay? First of all, thoroughly research your idea. And this is common sense. We gather information. Before I went ahead with my initial cancer treatment plan in late 2011, I did research. I started online and learned very quickly that online research of medical stuff is really dangerous and non-medical professionals aren't equipped to handle and take in and sort through the, the amount of information out there. So if you're researching your medical stuff online, be very, very careful. You could really scare yourself or do harmful things. But what I did instead of that, I did some of that, obviously, because I was curious. I wanted to learn some more. But I, what I really did for my cancer treatments is I consulted with doctors. I sat down with them. I started with the oncologist at Central DuPage Hospital, where I had my surgery. And then I went to the neuro-oncologists at the University of Chicago, Northwestern Memorial Downtown, and North Shore University Health Center at Evanston Hospital. And the result of all that research and, and wisdom from the experts on this sort of thing was the same recommendation I got at CDH. And so I was confirmed in my choice to get treatment there. In Proverbs, the research gathering is especially about seeking advice like that. Talk to others. And that really coincides with the seeking, the being humble, the humility in life that we're called to, that we talked about in the first message that every wise person has. A wise person is humble. A wise person realizes that she doesn't have all the answers. And so you get advice from anybody you can. Well, you don't get advice from anybody you can. You get advice from wise people. People who might know about your health issue. Or who know how to repair a hole in the wall in your house. Or, or who, could, who know something about car repair if you got a car problem. People who have experience in the subject you're dealing with. The Bible commends getting advice from others, but not just advice from anybody. Get advice from wise people. After the first three kings of Israel, remember those were Saul, David, and David's son Solomon, the kingdom then split. One of Solomon's sons, Rehoboam, is a classic example of getting advice doing the research, but listening to the wrong people. He wanted to know how he could be a good ruler following his father, Solomon. And he got advice from two groups of people. This is in 1 Kings, I believe. The advice from the elders, the wise men who served his father, was basically the advice of Scripture in general for rulers. Be a servant to the people. We talk about that today. Public servants in government, right? Uh, that's the Bible's advice. The elders said, be a servant. Then they'll be loyal to you. That's how you'd be a good ruler. Rehoboam also got advice from some younger guys, his buddies, 
who he grew up with. And they told him, you want to be a strong ruler, then be tough. Tell the people, you thought my father was tough on you. You ain't seen nothing yet. I'm going to raise taxes. I'm going to increase your burden. That's how you'll get respect with an iron fist. And we read that he rejected the advice of the wise elders. He listened to his buddies. And the result was that he soon had a rebellion on his hands and civil war. So his friends, his buddies, led him astray, which means they weren't really good friends at all. You know, in speaking of wisdom and getting advice, it's something pretty important in life. It's very possible in life to have bad friends that will lead us away from the path of wisdom. So seek out good friends. And if there are people who are unwise in your life, it doesn't mean you remove yourself from them completely. Maybe by God's grace you can help them, but don't let them take you down unwise, foolish paths. A lot of people have been led astray through wrong choices of all kinds with bad friends, and Rehoboam was. So get advice from wise people. Research with those who are considered experts in their field. Proverbs 15.22 says, Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, plans succeed. And 20 verse 18, Make plans by seeking advice. Proverbs 11.14, For lack of guidance, a nation falls, but many advisors make victory sure. Solomon was a king, so he had the personal level, but also the national level always in his mind, and he was always at war trying to protect the nation. Actually, he wasn't always at war, probably because he was wise and had good advisors, and because of the work his father David did. Second, though, thoroughly research your idea, one. Two, formulate your plan with the end in view. And this is vision. You have a vision in your life. You have a goal in mind. Visualize how you want things to end up. Look forward and up in life, not just always at your feet. Guards in basketball literally have to do this. They have to learn to dribble with their head up, not looking at the ball down all the time, right? The goal is to get the ball into the basket, whether by shooting it yourself if you got an opening as a guard, or by getting the ball into the hands of another player who can make a good play or score. Call it court vision, looking ahead. But a foolish person is looking, going like this in life, never looking ahead, never looking forward, just kind of going from, bumbling from event to event. College isn't for everybody, but for many careers, a college degree is a necessity. If you decide you want to enter one of those careers for which you need a college degree, then you have that goal ahead of you of getting a college degree. You look ahead, and that goal, that vision, will have impact on some of the classes that you're going to choose in high school. That goal, that vision of that college degree 
is going to determine how you're spending your time in college. If you want to complete college, it means you're going to have to do some work, some study. You're going to have to have some focus along the way. You know, with a lot of sports, I think of golf, they say to visualize before swinging the club, imagine the ball sailing into the air and plopping nicely on the green by the hole. Picture it. Picture it first. Picture that goal. Visualize. And we're up to bat. Visualize knocking the ball out of the park before a recital. You're lying in bed at night. Play the music in your head and with your fingers, whatever the instrument is, and it will help you when you actually perform the next day. That King James translation of Proverbs 29 says, Without vision, the people perish. This is how God has planned things, if you think about it. The ultimate example of planning with the end in view is our God. The ultimate vision before the foundation of the earth was established, He had as His ultimate goal His glory in mind. And He decided to achieve that goal through saving and gathering His people. With that end goal, eternal goal in mind, Every step of history centered on the atonement of Jesus Christ at the cross. With that goal in mind, every step of history serves towards that end for our God. We're image bearers of our God. And big picture in our lives as we look ahead is God's glory as our end goal too. Our chief goal, and I think in terms of careers and life decisions, there are multiple ways that you can give God glory in your life, I think, depending on your gifts, your passions, the opportunities you have, your resources. So it's under that big vision of all for God's glory that we make smaller plans and have smaller goals for our lives, our career, our relationships, in the church, and even the very tiny ones. Where will I get gas today? What will I have for dinner? What show will I watch? All different levels, bigger, smaller, but all under that big vision of God's end goal for all of history, His glory, the same goal we have because we are His image bearers, Scripture says. Third, never let the ends justify the means. A fool, someone with no morals, a ruthless person, will do whatever it takes to reach their end goal. I've seen uh, watching sports on TV and watching them live, uh, players, when the ref isn't, lo- isn't looking, shove other players or do whatever they can uh, to make a play on the ball. Cheat. I've seen there are people who cheat their way through tests to achieve their goal of graduating, who cheat their way through school to achieve their goal of having the highest GPA possible. But the means of the believer, 
the wise person, are godly, right. You get that? Not only the end goal is right, but every step of the way is. We don't take shortcuts. Proverbs 12.5 says, The plans of the righteous are just. And 14.22, Those who plan what is good find love and faithfulness. God's Word guides us every step of the way towards the goals that God is leading us to in our lives. God's will in His Word, it's summarized in the Ten Commandments, which we read today. And that's where we get down to the nitty-gritty of life, the means, the way we get to our goals and achieve our vision. The wise person makes sure each decision along the way is just and righteous and holy and doesn't compromise ever. And knowing God's big plan in history is being perfectly carried out each step of the way, even down to the details of our lives, with that picture of God's plan and salvation in mind, you know what's really great about that? We can rest assured that we're forgiven in Jesus for the times that our decisions have been less than upright. And then even when we make mistakes, when we sin, we get up, we continue at our goals, we continue at the means to achieve those goals, constantly renewed by God's Word, renewed by the Spirit, forgiven in Jesus. Fourth, allow for flexibility that aligns with God's providence. In the end, and Proverbs is really clear on this, we have to submit all our plans to God's plan and to His providence. Providence is one of the most beautiful ideas in all the Bible, and it refers to God's perfectly good care and control over all things, over all of history and each one of our lives. Proverbs 16 says, In his heart, a man determines his course, but the Lord determines his steps. And the lot is cast, but its every decision is from the Lord. Proverbs 19 Many are the plans in man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that will prevail. We can't foresee everything that's going to happen. And when we think about providence and God's plan, uh, we can talk about God's secret will and His revealed will. His revealed will is in His Word, And based on that, we evaluate our plans and specific decisions. His secret will, no one knows. From the little things in life that we can't anticipate, from maybe not getting the raise you hoped for and having to adjust your spending plans, to the bigger things in life that we don't plan for that are part of God's secret will, like my brother-in-law having... That stroke this past Thursday. Appreciate your prayers there. We're glad he's on a good track. Rarely do our plans line up exactly with what God has planned for us. You can make the best of plans, seek wise counsel, have a great goal, 
go about achieving your goal in godly ways, the very best way you can, but yet still God's plan might be different. And so the wise person always plans with God's greater plan in mind. The details of his greater revealed plan to glorify himself through saving his people like we talked about, but also his secret plan. They contain many details that only become revealed as life goes on in our lives. He unfolds his providence step by step, not all at once, out of love for the sheep who can't fully comprehend the care of the shepherd, and yet we trust and we know what God's word says, that he is our shepherd, that he's a good shepherd, that he's somehow working out all things for our good somehow. And the details of how he does that are often a mystery. We have questions. And then we stick with what we do know. Our great God loves us. He's in control. Corey Ten Boom once said, Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Finally, there's a natural consequence to all this that's the final step. We review our plans, wisdom, by its results. Based on the results, based on what God is doing, you review your plan, and if needed, you make adjustments. It's possible to get partway into preparing for a career and even a few years into your career and realize, ah, this wasn't the best plan for me. Just based on, it seemed right at first, but based on how I'm doing, based on what God's been revealing to me the last few years, based on doors he's opening or closing. So a wise person is reflective. A fool only acts and does and barrels ahead with his plans no matter what all the time. Pastor Kent Hughes tells of how a young man approached the foreman of a logging crew and asked for a job. The foreman said, that depends. Let's see how you fell this tree, because that's how they talk in the logging industry. Let's see how you fell this tree. The young man stepped forward and skillfully felled a great tree. Impressed, the foreman exclaimed, start Monday. And so he did. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday rolled by, and Thursday afternoon, the foreman approached the young man and said, you can pick up your paycheck on the way out today. Startled, the guy said, I thought you paid on Friday. The foreman answered, normally we do, but we're letting you go today because you've fallen behind. Our daily felling charts show that you've dropped from first place on Monday to last on Wednesday. But I'm a hard worker, the young man objected. I arrive first, I leave last. I even work through my coffee breaks. The foreman, really sensing this guy's integrity, thought for a minute, and then he asked, have you been sharpening your axe? The young man replied, I've been working too hard to take the time. A, a wise person, a believer, takes time to reflect upon the way, to sharpen the plans as he or she goes. We don't just barrel ahead in life and based on progress or lack thereof in our plans and based on new works of what God is doing in our lives, 
we adjust. Theologian and writer J.I. Packer says that wisdom is the power to see and inclination to choose the best and highest goal together with the surest means of attaining it. We know the highest goal, and that's the glory of God. That highest goal will certainly be achieved because nothing can thwart God's plan. How that glory of God looks best in your life, in this church, in your family, for that, wisdom is needed. Thankfully, God grants it to us when we ask Him for it in prayer, when we seek it in His Word, whether you're planning your career, your wedding, your family vacation, bigger stuff like how to move ahead after the loss of a loved one, how to treat cancer, who to have your surgery with, what to do when you're looking for a job, when you lost your idea. These steps, I think, are are incredible. Research your idea thoroughly, seeking wise counsel. Formulate your plan with the end view. Have the vision before you of what you believe is best for you based on God's glory. Three, never let the ends justify the means. In other words, go about each piece of the plan in a godly way, following God's word. Four, allow for flexibility based on God's providence. That secret will of his, we don't know ahead of time. It's just revealed as your life unfolds. And then finally, review your plan and its wisdom based on all of that. So these pearls for wise planning are strewn throughout this ancient book. God really knew what he was doing when he provided us with his word, when he provided us with Proverbs. I just finally like to say I'd encourage you to keep up with the summer scripture challenge and whatever day of the month it is in your personal devotions, maybe with your family, read that chapter in Proverbs and ask God to make you wise. Amen? Let's pray.